Hello, listeners. My name is Mark. If you have been enjoying the Listener Lore episodes, please come over to my separate podcast feed, Lorehammer Listener Lore. On this daily podcast channel, I will be reading one story a day and sharing your creative works with others and giving my feedback at the end. So, if you like Grimdark 40k short stories, come join me at Lorehammer Listener Lore, the 40k podcast where you get to write the script. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Hello and welcome back to Lorehammer. My name is Eric. Hey, I'm Mark. And joining us today, someone we haven't seen in a long time. In a hot uh, minute. Because and... he was so sick of us that he decided to leave the city oh, no. that we were living in. That was not the, the reason I heard. Oh, I read between yeah. the lines. Oh, I God knew exactly damn. why he left. Another person. I I've... think I have been here since I left. Have you? Yeah. Oh, well... Shit. <laughs> Sorry to burst your bubble. What do bubble. I know? You know? <laughs> I'm just an intern here. I don't, <laughs> I don't actually said anything. Uh, anyways, welcome back, Ian. Thank you. Love uh, to be here. Always a pleasure. It is. A, well, you get yeah. to see us. Yeah. So. <laughs> Always worth making the trek through the smog that is Alberta. Yeah. yeah. It's wild here. Oh, every morning I wake up and it's just a haze of like orange and yellow. and Yeah. Yeah, so Liz and I are staying in a hotel, obviously, and we're in, like, the ninth floor. Yeah. And yes. uh, it's just, just, like, a yellow cloud. Can you even see the ground? Kind of, but it's just, like, gross, right? Like, yeah. you wake up normally in a high-rise hotel, and you're like, oh, my God, the view, amazing. And it's just, like, <laughs> just nurgle clouds. <laughs> it's just disgusting. <laughs> His gift has descended yeah. upon our city. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, it's because the world is burning. Yeah. But so, on the yeah. plus side, there's this weird thing that happens right now where it's forecasted to be 30 degrees out and it ends up being colder because the sun can't even get to the fucking surface. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's the only saving grace. Yeah. You know, if you had to look for a silver lining yeah. in the fact yeah. that, again, our world is on fire. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Uh, it's so that it's save on sunscreen. Yeah. It's yeah. slightly yeah. less hot than yeah. it should be. Yeah. <laughs> Unless you're in, in the this fire. Day Unless you're in the fire. <laughs> so just to yeah. Exactly. Jeez. I actually saw a headline that said uh, the summer we're having right now which is unseasonably hot and dry. It's the worst. This will be the coldest summer that we have in the next five years. That's Whoa. crazy, man. And it's so bad. Like, I don't remember a summer being this bad in a long time. I I definitely, I was talking to Megan about how in the past, like, 20 years, like, if I'm thinking about the past 20 years, the last 10 have been way filled with way more fires and heat waves than sure. the 10 before that. 
So you should like, read. Uh, there's this book called The Holy Bible. Go to Revelations. Yeah. It'll tell you all you need to know about the time we are living in. <laughs> Wars and rumors of war. Yeah, Earthquakes exactly. and floods. Oh my Famine God. spreading across. I thought the that land. was going to be a real recommendation. At first. <laughs> it <laughs> is. If you think that's real. not a real revelation, you need to learn more about Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Yeah, you son uh, of a bitch. Yes, I forgot you guys were church boys. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well. Welcome to Lorehammer. We're here to talk about <laughs> Warhammer 40k and... I uh, thought today was a Bible episode. <laughs> <laughs> That's I brought all my kits, my Bible kits, my learning pamphlets. Oh, you even brought your uh, exorcist oils and That's stuff. That's right. Well, we will well, still need those for 40k. For me, yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. Ian's here, so mm. I figured we could do some work on his immortal soul. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, pull it out of the fires of damnation and set him on the path to yeah. righteousness. I need it. Wrench it off and <laughs> yeah. squeegee the yeah. evil out of yeah, him, exactly. of course. Yeah. I had somebody call me a Satanist because I have two snake tattoos. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> well, have you seen? Uh, I saw this meme conspiracy thing now where the medical symbol of the two snakes coiling around the staff yeah. is like a sign of the devil. And so a lot of people the- are like, oh, the medical system is put in devil. place by satan to yes. feed him souls absolutely yeah and pulling the plug on people and sending them straight <laughs> to hell <laughs> those plugs are actually going straight to hell and they already are that's how they're powered yeah. soul yeah. siphons yeah. oh i see yeah. all of the in- yeah. people in old folks homes are just getting put on a ventilator is pretty much equal to becoming a battery for satan <laughs> you know satan Satan, Lucifer, Beelzebub, whatever you want to call it. Should we talk about Warhammer? <laughs> I, I'm just getting sidetracked. Warhammer. I guess. Uh, today we're doing some listener lore. So the concept of this is uh, listeners can send in their lore and then we'll read it for you. And then we will laugh at how horrible it is. These ones I don't think we'll be laughing. From my quick skim, there's not a lot of red squigglies. And when they are, it's like a weird word like mechandendrite. So, you know. Gesundheit. Oh my god. <laughs> <Okay>. Yeah. <laughs> um we read it as is. So however wow. we get it is how we read it. Yeah. Good. Okay. So. No editorializing. No, I like it. No, exactly. no paraphrasing. Just no. whatever yeah. it says. In all its horrific glory, <laughs> we shall okay. share it with the world. Well, I like that. Um if you have stories that you want us to read on here, um you can send it to lorehammerpodcast at gmail.com and then we can read it. Or you could reach out on Facebook, and then I'll say you can send it to lorehammerpodcast at gmail.com. You can ask us on the Discord. And then I will refer you to lorehammerpodcast yeah. at gmail.com. Yeah. So that's nice. But, uh, yeah, I'm excited to read these stories. We got three stories for you here. The first one is by time. And I will be reading that? I'll do it. All right. <laughs> okay, perfect. Ian has volunteered. That's the shortest one. <laughs> uh, I think you're going to be surprised. Yeah. Well, one of them just says, I love the Emperor, period. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for sharing your lore, listener. Thanks. Okay, so this first one by time. Is this the title? Records Recollected? Uh, I don't know or if there th- is one. Okay. Um, yeah, I don't know. Well, okay. Records Recollected by Ordo Zenos is what it says. A flame flickers as Inquisitor Archio lights up her cigarette. Looking at the data stick that had been placed in front of her by a tech priest, she gave a sigh and turned her gaze to the machine-ridden man. Her gaze contained a cold stare that penetrated the wire-filled bones of the tech priest, filling them with unease as their servos whirred. Is that what you said, true Hestus? The tech priest nodded with a hiss of steam, giving a solemn bow to the the Inquisitor of Order Xenos. Yes, the data was mostly corrupted, 
However, I have managed to, via the grace of the machine spirits, piece together the relevant information of the fate of Boreas. It comes from several hunks of machinery, but I have validated the information. Archio nodded and finished her cigarette with one heavy burning drag, turning it to ash in one breath, placing it in the ashtray and replacing its place in her fingers with the data stick. You may go. I will review the data. The tech priest bowed and retreated without a further word, while Archio stuck the data port into her hollow desk to watch the footage. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'll read the next one. Yeah, uh, this is all just like one story. That's all one story. Yeah, yeah. this is all one story, oh. but it's a lot. So gotcha. that's why you thought it was a yeah, short yeah, one. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. see. <laughs> I thought yeah. the title was the top. It's like, no, no. That was like so, chapter one. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah. I, I gotcha. So this clip is recovered by uh, a tech priest, Galagos. Galagos. Boreas, a frozen mining world filled with highly valuable minerals. The main mining station was known as Xantra. Xanta and was filled with billions of slaves, servitors, and criminals to harvest the planet's resources. The video cuts into the view of a local tech priest that was in charge of the harvest sensors. Deep sensors that analyzed the composition of the soil and determined the locations of ore through the use of seismic vibrations. Their vision was filled with icons and text that flashed by at rapid speeds, faster than a standard human brain could handle, and likely optimized with cranial enhancement processor. Galgos mumbled prayers under his breath as he used the technology to search as he had done every day for the last 20 years on this planet. His, reading in his, his readings in his vision suddenly flashed red. However, he turned his head to review the planet's atmospheric readings as well. Galgos was not only in charge of using his sensors to find ore, but also to keep an eye on strange activities within 200 kilometers of the city. A recent blip had formed on a had formed a mere 400 or 40 kilometers from outside of the cities, indicating an impact on the planet's surface. Galgos frowned as he considered this. He should have ample warning of any material breaking atmosphere. The fact that this was only an impact suggested an explosion of great force. He briefly considered ignoring it. The probability of it being impactful was negligible by his calculations. He had already put enough waypoints of new ore nodes to justify a small break to satisfy his curiosity. He ran a finger across the sensor, and a message was sent to a local PDF to arrange him an escort to the location. He finalized some programs to run while he was, while he was gone by reciting the sacred rites, and then ex- exited his sanctum of heat and wires to bear against the frigid grasp of the planet's hatred. A crater welcomed Galgos upon his viewing of the impact site. A massive crater, 50 kilometers across, was slowly being filled with snow. The PDF courts, armed with lasguns, shifted nervously, looking over the massive, depref- pref- massive depression while Galgos did calculations. According to the numbers and the radius of the crater, a meteor the size of a football was needed. In order to further investigate, Galgos, in order to understand why his sensor had not picked it up, had the PDF enter the crater with him in order to examine the center of the crater. At the center was a shell of rock broken in pieces with a light purple sticky biosubstance. His mechanendric tendril gathered the substance into a vial and began to analyze it with his internal bioanalyzer. It had no results in his record, and this proved concerning for him. 
He gathered at he gathered as much of it as he could and began heading back to his lab, hoping to find more with a proper analysis. A sense of foreboding overtook him as he muttered a silent prayer, muttered a silent prayer to the Omnisire, while motioning with his hand, a gesture for the PDF to follow him as they were heading back to the base. One week later, Dareth was a slave. A mutant with large pointed ears, he could only guess what bad things he had done in a past life to warrant such a cruel fate. Discriminated against, treated as expendable, a future of only cold, bitter winds and blistered hands from swinging a pick was the only thing he had to look forward to for the rest of his life. He had just finished his shift and was allowed his mandated rest time in the surface bunkers. He ran his hands together in a vain effort to warm them. His fingers were a faint purple, and he felt fear not at the back of his mind when he envisioned a future of frostbite. It wasn't uncommon on Boreas. If you lost your fingers, you were likely to just have it replaced with a pick hand to continue digging. A dendrite if you were lucky, a simple wooden stick with metal on the end if you weren't. Only the best were able to use machinery such as drills and excavating machines. And he was not one of the best, and the heavy labor took more of a toll on him every day even as his lessening performance ensured him less rations as punishment. Dareth sighed as he walked down the stairs of the pillar sticking out of the frozen landscape and onto the streets heated by the Mechanicus's forge off-flow, redirected to keep the snow out of the residential area. He headed to the nearest Imperium-owned provisioner in order to acquire his rations so he could eat and go sleep to try and work better the next day. The streets were oddly quiet. Normally hundreds of others would be having the same idea as him, and wandering the streets like hordes of undead. However, only a few dozen were walking alongside him. In fact, many people had been reported missing lately. Perhaps a disease had swept through Xanta, and they were simply being tossed in a ditch. It wasn't impossible for the bureaucrats to simply forget to mark one of them as dead when they died. It was a common occurrence for them to die, and a slightly rare thing for it to be undocumented, however it did happen. He arrived at the concrete building with the wire mesh between him and the provisioner, standard issue since the riot of heated soul. The event had been started when the Mechanicus redirected the heat away from the bunkers and toward the forges to smelt slightly faster. It was put down quickly, but the heat was returned after the deaths of tens of thousands of miners. He took his standard issue nutrition bar and water and began to head back. A bearded miner with a few missing fingers walked ahead of him, with a few less than a hundred feet between them. The man turned a corner, and Dareth sighed as he considered whether he would save some of his meal for the morning or not. He was used to the hunger, but it wasn't pleasant. He turned the same corner as the man and froze as he looked ahead. The man that had been ahead of him was nowhere to be seen. There was nothing but empty snow and a forest of wrist-wide ventilation tubes around him. Nothing large enough to hide the man. Dareth began to walk faster while cursing under his breath. Or so he tried. As he let out a particular oath about a female dog and relations with it, he noticed something odd. He couldn't hear it. He spoke it again, yet again could not hear. He tried to go louder, yelling and screaming, trying to hear his own voice, yet finding it increasingly frightening for it to have no effect. He looked around at the completely vacant space and felt a deep dread. It was so quiet, so empty, like the void of space. He turned, and a brief moment of shock as the safety cameras that had been watching his progress suddenly turned to static before it could turn to see what the miner had. 
Yet one more week later. Galgos felt a cold grip of dread make his joints move as if they had been recently applied with sacred oils. Xantos was under attack, and he didn't know what by. The phenomenon known as the Vanishing had taken over 78% of the mining city, and more than 62% of the population had gone missing without a trace. Galgos knew the exact cause of the event. The biosubstance he had analyzed contained tyranid DNA. It was a mass of dead spores with trillions of microfilaments spread out from it. The spores were covered in a translucent mucus that made them practically invisible as the microfilaments absorbed waves that met them. Sound waves, minor tremors, even radio waves were all captured and nullified by these tiny spores in the air. Vast areas of the city were taken over by these spores, creating a nightmare of quiet. Forewarning of an attack was therefore incredible, incredibly diff difficult to receive. The PDF had managed to kill one on accident with a spray of targetless fire, and it was revealed that the Hormagant was covered in a yellow and silver chameleonic chitin that made them practically invisible. This, combined with the vanishing effect, made it incredibly difficult to locate them, as infrared, echolocation, and several other forms of location were nullified. He looked at the screen containing a live update of the life signals of the PDF in the base. They were dropping by the hundreds by the minute. The Tyranids must have multiplied rapidly while they were unnoticed. Even knowing how they functioned, they were difficult to locate. The planet was finished. He had just received a message from several other mining bases about the vanishing effect. The planet had fallen, silently like a man poisoned by carbon monoxide in their sleep. He loaded up all the data he had collected, a small amount but the most he could do with the time given, with rapid keystrokes that came from practice. Suddenly the rhythmic tapping of metal on button quieted before stopping. <laughs> Galgos paused before redoubling his efforts. They were here. He had to upload it quickly and send a transmission pod into orbit out of the effect of the spores. Just as he reached out a hand to push the button, the metal wrist joint slid off his hand, severely severed cleanly with a mirror-like surface as large, several large rifts opened in his body in eight different places. His mind faded quickly in a spark of resistance and a plethora of errors in his life support system. Two weeks after the initial impact of an unrecognized meteorite, the planet had fallen into deathly silence kept company only by spirits of the dead and their echoes in the snow. Archeo let out a deep breath as she looked out the window of her vessel to the planet just outside. The spores still filled the atmosphere, and most of the teams she sent down had simply disappeared quietly. She pulled open a file cabinet and removed a document. The top of it read, Forbidden World Quarantine Request. She quickly wrote the relevant information and stamped it with her seal before walking over to a picture of herself in uniform with a stern expression. She moved it to the side to reveal a safe and pressed thumb against its sensor. Inside was a note with a communications code and a simple name, Inquisitor Cryptman. Archio sighed as she went to find the ship's astrotelepath and speak to her old friend. In her urgency, she nudged into her holodesk and sat the mug on the side of it, tilted before falling to the floor and shattering without a sound. 
She paused and looked at the mug before the blood left her face and she began to sprint down towards the armory. <clears throat> End. Wow. Yeah. Uh, he has like a little afterword or whatever. Well, that's the story I come, came up with. Hopefully you guys like it, but probably we got some stuff wrong, something new to 40k. Well, basically the Tyranids, or basically they basically they're Tyranids based off of being a silent invasion force that's incredibly hard to deal with. But in order to counter heavily defended fortresses, planets by the hive mind, hive fleets fill asteroids with dormant Tyranid eggs and small forces of Hormagons that had uh, biomorphs to become invisible via reflection of light as well as biomorphs to release spores. Then the planet... They then plant a small and compact Tyranid eggs into corpses and activate them with the splash of their blood, allowing the Tyranid to feed off the flesh after hatching and quickly growing into new echo-homogons in a larval-type growth system. It takes a mere day for the homogons to grow to full size. They can then they can then take a specialized spore and create another egg through biomass processing. Once the planet has been taken, the uh, the true hive fleet will land and begin producing more groups to spread out through the galaxy in small clutches. They will sometimes leave planets of biomass uh, for other hive fleets like Kronos when met with little resistance and will often skip solar systems to remain unpredictable and pop up silently on planets. Interesting. That's not creepy. No. <laughs> At all. That's so cool. Yeah, that's pretty cool. I, uh... I never understand how people come up with things because I'm just not creative at all. <laughs> yeah, but, like this one's really unique. But it's cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah I like it. Yeah, yeah. The, the whole fact that it just steals all the waves, yeah. like even... I like how it's it's not just dampening sound. He's like, no, it steals waves. So it includes like radio waves mm. and like other waves. So it's neat. There's yeah. like that other effects that have to do with just that. So yeah. Freaky deaky when they describe when uh, that guy w- turns around the corner and he doesn't see the old guy in front of him. And then all of a sudden he notices, I can't hear anything. Yeah. And he starts <laughs> screaming. And imagine that just like you're screaming and you can like feel it escaping your mouth, but you just can't hear anything. <laughs> and, Did yeah. that guy die or no? It I'm pretty just... sure everyone dies yeah. on that yeah. planet. <laughs> <laughs> Even Galgos died. Yeah. Man. Yeah, yeah, he wrote places. it so good too. Like, uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, the mug falls off the desk. Mm-hmm. You know, just yeah, it was nice. It was good. For RTO, yeah, yeah she's right. on a ship. She thinks she's safe. Yeah, she's trying to send this to Cripman. Classic name drop in there. Yeah, um, was it Cripman who he's really famous for his scorched Earth policy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. but uh, really, let's call it scorched galaxy. <laughs> it's policy scorched sectors. Like super yeah. exterminating everything. <laughs> yeah. You get exterminated. <laughs> so, yeah, if there was anyone, though, capable of dealing with this, uh, Crippen is a pretty decent yeah, choice. good old exterminatus would be a, <laughs> not, not a bad one. Yeah. 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 Uh, I liked it. Yeah, it's cool. You um, get the three different perspectives. You get uh, the Inquisitor, who's kind of coming into it late. You get uh, Galgos, who's responsible for the whole thing, who finds the first <laughs> impact. And then you just get a random <laughs> miner, yeah. you know, who just miner slave going about his life poor guy well whatever life he has i guess um but yeah even that is just it's cool to see the different perspectives all going through the same circumstance it's nice too we went into story knowing nothing about anything Mm -hmm. and at the end it all comes together perfectly yeah i there was one odd thing in it 
Um, He mentions, uh, so Galgos, the tech priest, he says his sensors made it look like there was an impact. And he assumes it was an explosion because anything that came from space, he would have been notified about. But that egg obviously came from space. So I'm wondering why he wasn't notified. Do you think that's because... The waves, man. yeah, Yeah. Is that it? The waves, or maybe it had like chameleonic skin as well hmm. like, okay i'd say the waves thing, so there's so. we can say that there's some reason why his sensors didn't pick no up. yeah i'd say the waves because yeah okay. if the, the spores are there and radio waves are bouncing off it or radar right. waves or whatever it would not do that okay I suppose. and what his sensors picked up was just a massive explosion yeah, from yeah, the yeah. impact yeah yeah because that would not like be contained mm-hmm. by just the spores 50 kilometers wide he said that impact <laughs> was well he said that the the meteor was the size of a football field. No, football. No, Mark said football, football but it says football field. Oh. oh. <laughs> well, that's okay. a huge meteor. Quite that's big. Quite Maybe big. even enough to produce a 50-kilometer crater. <laughs> but a football-sized meteor probably wouldn't do that. <laughs> that explains how they get so many Tyranids on that meteor, too. Then. Yeah, yeah. It's a big-ass meteor. <laughs> a football field. A hundred yards? <laughs> yeah. It's a, okay. This is a okay. bigger meteor than I thought. Okay. Just a football. Um, yeah, I liked it. Yeah, it's nice. Yeah. It didn't, it wasn't crazy, you know? Yeah. It was definitely within the realm of possibility. Yeah, like 40K. I can see this happening. In, yeah. Oh, I see this happening every day in 40K. <laughs> yeah. Right? It's just another isolated incident of humanity struggling against some Xenos threat. Yeah. So And losing, of course. And losing. Yeah. <laughs> As it should be. Losing amazingly. Yeah. In ah. classic human fashion. Yeah. Nice. Very cool. Thank um, you, Time. The the only thing I don't know much about the Tyranids and just like their their birthing methods. It, I wonder if that upsets any t- true Tyranid like hardcore fans. You're a true Tyranid hardcore fan, but you're not really deep in the lore. It's like, like a Tyranid's like you, you, anything is possible. Yeah. Maybe this specific hive fleet has like up their hormagon breeding and they yeah. don't produce other uh, like biomorphs so they can just like rapid spawn hormagons and that's why it only takes a, a day to germinate, you know? Yeah, exactly. Like you can make something up to make it make sense for Tyranids. Like exactly. <laughs> it all And like he works. pretty much did. They, they yeah. had biomorphs of so. Exactly, but yeah. I, yeah. The, for me, it was fine. I'm just curious, yeah, if it really like goes against Tyranid breeding policies. You know, I don't know. <laughs> well, let's consult the Tyranid breeding handbook <laughs> yeah. um, on how to properly grow your high fleet. <laughs> um, okay, if I had to... Let's let's dive into that thing. Okay, a yeah. hormigon that can birth another hormigon, it's a little excessive, I think. Yeah. Um, but just off the top of my head, maybe I have a solution to that. What if every time the hormigon births another hormigon, the original one dies. Hmm. So maybe because they grow in a full day, it only takes a day to grow them, maybe their life cycle is accelerated. So maybe they can only last a week, you know, because they're trying to grow so fast. And then by the end of their week life cycle, instead of just dying, they get one of their victims and they put an egg in it, then they die, and then there's a new one. I don't think Tyranids are born from eggs anyways. I mean, what is, like... Yeah, like... Typically, why not? not? Broodmothers just fucking squirt them out, like. Yeah. Sure, but 
like they're not mammals and but they're i don't oh, maybe the broodmother has a clutch of eggs inside of her that hatch and then she like <laughs> throws them aren't, could be, aren't really, humans yeah. just don't we have our eggs on the inside and that's all and i suppose the babies just come yeah. out without the shell and all that, that stuff yeah. and they germinate true. inside yeah. so instead well, look of that at you, they mr just, science over they there. just move the egg outside like tyranids um, nothing surprises me with tyranids if yeah, they say sure. that the the tyranid grows on the back of the other tyranid for, yeah. or in the stomach or off, the tyranids' eyes drop out, and that becomes the new tyranids. Like, yes. who knows? Anything's um, possible. Turvagons. Those yeah. are those like uh, tyranids. Those are the ones that roam the ships. Yeah, and they they have like little Termagons nests of them. inside them. Yeah. yeah. Maybe toss a couple of those in the story. Problem solved. Maybe they're just there already. So, to me, it wasn't a big deal. No, I yeah. just didn't know much about tyranid. Tyranids are just so alien. Yeah, you could get away with anything. Yeah, yeah. and. This you can look at it through. This is the perspective of Galgos and Dareth and Artio. They true. have no yeah, idea what yeah, they're that, dealing with, so they're just true. making assumptions yeah. and guesses based on what they see. So while they might be true to what they're seeing, it doesn't mean it's real. Like yeah. that's what's actually happening. So cool. I liked this. No, I, I really did too. It was such yeah. a cool concept. It was well written. Um, it had that like, proper feeling of dread. <laughs> yeah, and for real. You, you, and good lead ups. Yeah, like, yeah absolutely. Man. No, this was really well. Well done, time. Yeah, thanks for sharing it with us. Um, the next story we have is by Isaac, uh, and I believe this is about a Space Marine chapter. Mm, not only is it about a Space Marine chapter. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward with each new idea, innovation, and partnership. We're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. It's called Desserts Fury. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, <laughs> all right, I'll walk myself out. No, it's not. Uh, <clears throat> the Desert's Fury are of an unknown founding. Their different companies use chapter tactics of the Founding Legions, although everyone in the chapter knows that they are the Night Lord's Gene Seed. I really want them to be des- Desserts Fury. Desserts now. Fury. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I'll, I'll change all that for us in the notes. <laughs> the, uh, the world of dessert. <laughs> <laughs> the desert. The, the dessert world. Yeah, dessert world. <laughs> it's just like their heraldry. Sunday just Valley. Like ice cream cones crossed like swords or something. <laughs> yeah. Uh after any battles they've won, they take their fallen, mummify them, and after 10 years, they take the bodies, crush and grind them down, and they embed the bones into their helmets and gauntlets. Okay. They recruit from the desert world of Al-Aklantice. Aklantice? Aklantice. All of the cities on Aklantice are underneath the surface of the planet so they can be safe from the ravaging sandstorms that cover the planet at certain times of each day. The intense heat of the world is too much for humans to withstand, and yet a rite of passage is to survive the heat for the day. Heraldry and markings. The, squ- the different squad types are designated by the color on the right pauldron and the role, uh, your individual model's role is in the squad is on the left. They don't display the chapter symbol. Because of the crossed ice cream cones, it's embarrassing. <laughs> They're ashamed of their, of, yeah. of their uh, dessert history. Hi, lords, why? Why would you do this to us? <laughs> oh, gosh. Sorry, Isaac. <laughs> uh, all right, now for some narrative. 
ancient Terran lore. Ancient astronaut theorists believe. <laughs> um, sorry. Ancient Terran lore describes a pantheon of gods that controlled the many forces of nature. One of the gods controlled death and the underworld. This god was named Anubis. And so this chapter took its name from that god and from the chapter whose gene seed they are from. The desert is our home. We have stood against the heat of the raging sun. We stood in the full radiance of the Emperor's light and are survivors of the culling of the night. We take the weapons of our enemy and use them against them with much greater ferocity than they ever could. We guard the tombs of the great old ones. We guard the Emperor's worlds from the threat within, the threat without, and the threat beyond. The, al the alarm blared, piercing his ears. Ah, someone turn that damn alarm off. As you wish, sir. The sound stopped. Thank you, Sergeant. Report. There are damage reports coming in from all over the ship. Demons have infiltrated Sea Deck. The Green War Boss has broken out of his cage on Day Deck, and the warp drive has shut down. Thank you, Sergeant. I will go and purge the demon scum. Blood for the blood god! The demon bellowed. Suddenly its corporal body melted with the intense heat that emanated from the chapter master of the Anubis Guard's armor. He cut a swath through the tides of demons that flooded the corridor. Suddenly, the entire ship rumbles, and then the battle barge came out of the warp, and the tides of chaos stopped coming into the ship. Clear up the stragglers, Amun-Ra ordered. Affirmative, said a nearby sergeant. Amun-Ra strides back to the bridge. Sir, the greenskin has been contained. Good. <laughs> the desert world of Aklantis is a world where no human colony exists on the planet. Most people live underground in great structures of metal and stone. The space marines are the only ones who can stand the heat of the day. People of Aklantis, we have returned from a great crusade. We request more young men to join our great cause. Amun-Ra's voice carried through the city like an earthquake. A million people swarmed the recruitment station. Amun-Ra looked out at the hall. So many people wanted to have their sons turned into Astartes. Only a total of hundred out of the millions make it to be an Astartes. Amun-Ra cleared his throat, raised his hands, and said, Let the trials of the desert god begin. How are the trials going, Amun? asked the high chaplain Osiris. A total of 80 participants have successfully passed. Are you ready to begin the re-education? I am ready. Good. Go begin, brother. As you wish, my lord. Amun-Ra turned to the chief apothecary. Set. Is the gene seed ready to implant? Yes. Shall I begin? Yes. P.S. Me is British. Me is British. Me is. <laughs> me is British. Like we is British. Uh, hope you guys enjoyed this. Thanks, Isaac. Thank you, Isaac, for the story of the dessert. Des the des the, the, the Sunday world. cream crew. <laughs> oh. Uh, uh, the trials, man. That's pretty. That's pretty cool. Standing on the planet? Yeah, yeah. And just like the whole imagery of it, standing out in the sun, everyone else is like, holy shit. It's too hot. I had this image of just these pillars because there's a lot of sandstorms. And so I pictured yeah. like a very flat land. Yeah. Just like obviously scoured by sandstorms. But then the trials, I just pictured this m massive circle with pillars pillars and pillars Ooh. all in it and then just chains hanging from the pillars ah. and so you're chained to this pillar for the day <laughs> so you can't leave and you just have to withstand this heat and if you die that's you just, you just rot in the sun yeah 
Yeah. That's a cool trick. That was just my own Turn into a raisin. Yeah. <laughs> a yeah, raisin. Cool. Pretty much. I mean, yeah. yeah. No, it's cool. I like that he also says something about the chapter master's armor just emanating heat. Yeah. And yeah, like yeah. just killing the, the just melts a demon just because he's like such a hot boy. <laughs> I don't know. I thought that was kind of cool. Yeah. I was, like I was harness the power of like, the sun uh, or something. Yeah. I was thinking if that was some war gear option or like. Yeah. Something. Yeah. It's the, but like. The other crazy thing is there's like crazy GNC def- uh, defects like flame falcons who literally yeah. burst into flames. So right. Like, it could be a genetic thing. Could, could be. just be Harnessing armor. the power of the sun is cool. Yes. That's a cool concept. That idea Dr. that like Dr. isn't Dr. Amun-Ra like the god of the sun? I believe so. Yeah, he's used some like yeah Egyptian names and yeah. stuff in here. Yeah. It's cool. Yeah. Yeah, it's cool. So only 80 out of millions? <laughs> one million. Out of, oh. But still, 80 out of one million. <laughs> I like it. That's <laughs> a pretty low success rate. Those are some Holy tough shit. Marines, I guess. Eh? Oh. Um, That's cool, though. It, yeah, it's cool. So they're, they're from the Night Lords, <laughs> and everyone in the chapter knows it, but they are a loyalist? Yeah, like, I don't even want to dive into that, man. Like, <laughs> fucking people with their loyalist traitor chapters. So, I think something that people kind of just gloss over or don't bother thinking about or writing is that every chapter is responsible for sending a tithe of gene seed to the Mechanicum. Yeah. And so, and, at, and the High Lords of Terra as well. Absolutely. Two different places. And at that moment, your gene seed is tested and it's categorized. They look for mutations in it. They're making sure that it's acting normally. And at that time, they're they're gonna know. Yo, uh, they're gonna know. Did, did we get some Night Lords? Yeah. Who gave us a traitor legion? Yeah, <laughs> we should probably burn all this. When did, right? When did we yeah. get that? Absolutely. Oh, is this not heresy of the highest order? Yeah. Send it down to that seed? fucking Aklantice planet. It'll all incinerate <laughs> anyways. It doesn't matter. So yeah. I think like if you want to do traitor gene seed, if you're absolutely set on doing it, you need. Uh, either a way to hide your gene seed from the tithes or maybe like some weird dealing with the mechanicus where they are I mean, purposefully mislabeling it or someone who's you're bribing or corrupted. Could just even be you, your missing chapter essentially where they've just forgotten you exist yeah that's true like it could be simple too but man you so, got so you this gotta, is the point you gotta we say have this, that you have to this say is something. always my issue whenever i read shit like that <laughs> like so we're gonna you spend, know what really grinds yeah, my no, gears we're gonna spend more time talking about this stupid night lord's gene scene and why the fact it's so dumb <laughs> and how it doesn't make any sense and then we kind of gloss over the rest of the story, which would be perfect if he didn't say Night Lord Jameson. That has nothing to do with the story yeah, yeah. at all. That one line yeah. completely, like, uh, tainted is the wrong word, but it, like, changes the light you see the yeah. whole story at. Because all you're thinking about is, why Night Lords? Why? What's the purpose yeah. of this? And he did have that one cool line where it's like... Um, where once we're dark now we've emerged in the light or something like that Yeah, you just need to like, like delve into it? that a little bit more like that if you are cognizant of the fact that you were once traitor legions just like yeah. why are you now not that exactly yeah just, that was why just... did you leave the night lords what happened came back but then yeah. that's the what the story the is about as opposed to what he wants to write about which is this yeah. like egyptian theme right heat-based thing right we're spending so much time on night lords that have nothing to do with the story that's true so that's always my complaint about this. It's just... I wonder why they don't display their chapter symbol. Yeah. Because they're Night Lords. Cause they're Night Lords. <laughs> 
Because well, they're a traitor legion. They're a goddamn traitor legion. I assume that their <laughs> chapter symbol is just a sun. That would like, be a, a big sun or yeah. something. That would be cool, yeah. With yeah. bat wings. <laughs> <laughs> If you look really close in the sun, there is a bat. Yeah, but don't ever look into the sun. No, no, no. That's the, bad for you. The day bats. I like it. Fighter of the yeah. night bats. Yes. Yeah. Um, I, 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 I don't want to shit on this story. I just want to shit on Gene Seed, man. That's yeah. all. That's all. The if you removed really that cool. line, it wouldn't even have been a thing. I know. And then, like, you really had some cool trials. Like, the whole, like, they know how many people they're taking. They were like, well, it's funny that they like to give us millions of people. But, <laughs> you know, yeah, it was, yeah, they're it was all good. about to die. Yeah. Um, I kind of like it. I, your vision is that one person isn't just chained up. But then it's even funnier to just, like imagine that they live in some kind of underground society and they just fucking shoot a million people out into the desert and close the door <laughs> and then Holy just say fuck. like all right whoever's knocking at the end of 12 hours can be a space marine yeah you know? yeah and they're all just fucking it's, eating each other it's like and the shit Emperor at the end of the penguin day. huddle yeah you know where like those on right. the outside take the biggest brute force exactly. and those on the inside are more protected and oh that's actually probably what would happen there would yeah. be people like shading each other absolutely using yeah, you're corpses hiding under hide. all the corpses oh, to try and survive the heat. <laughs> All right. Yeah. You send your old folks out there when they can't like be productive anymore. Yeah, How yeah, could you say that? This is a not, loving planet. You're definitely not going to make it to Astartes. No, but I think we you need, can do it. But I, we need human umbrellas out there. like 80 I'm, years yeah. old. Grandpa, I need your corpse. <laughs> <laughs> Come with me. And Grandpa's like, anything for the Astartes, <laughs> my boy? Yeah, like there's some oh, really cool stuff here. Camera's dead. That's uh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, it'll all work out. Yeah. Yeah. Or won't. Who cares? Um, one of the crazy things, taking their fallen, mummifying them, and then 10 years later, grinding up their bones. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That was cool. Why, though? <laughs> yeah. That was cool. I want another sentence. So why? Yeah, they embed the bones into the helmets and gauntlets. Do they believe it offers some kind of protection? Is it done out of respect? Or a desire to, like, carry the ancestry of the chapter forward or something. I don't yeah. know. But it's neat. It's neat. I like it. It's cool. <laughs> but yeah. I wonder if, if, you, if it's a visual thing. Like, yeah. we can see the bone. Like, they do them in designs or something mm. on the outside of the armor. Or is it done on the inside of the armor? Um, like, the Grey Knights. Yeah. They do, like, their hexagramic wards yeah, yeah, yeah. and runing on the inside. So, I wonder if these guys, like, how yeah. they do it. I also picture their like helmets kind of they got like a cocaine look, but it's just like bone dust. Bone dust, brother. Do you have your daily ration of bone dust to snort? Bone dust, yes, brother. <laughs> I like your horn. I like it. Oh, uh, so yeah, that's that's fun detail. Yeah, another though. cool little detail in there. Yeah. Um, anything else you guys want? Why are they keeping a green skin? war boss as a prisoner basically this whole story is really cool but it just you could add like a why did they do this to every sentence (laughs) (laughs) and it would have been like that much better like the it's juicy but it needs a little bit yeah a little bit of just some context and then it would be really cool that's the words i like the uh title the anubis guard yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, has a very it evokes the image of the Thousand Sons to me, hundred yeah, percent. Yeah. With like their, another traitor legion. Yeah. Wait a minute. Is it Kopesh that like weird yeah. curved blade? Yeah. I imagine that blade and symbol is all yeah, over. Scarabs and, on the shoulder. Absolutely. Bed, yeah. The um, is it f- wolf? 
dog ears uh, or whatever. That that's big. a noob. Anubis. Anubis. Yeah. yeah, he had. So I imagine that's you get that symbolism everywhere. Get some Necron cloaks and dangly bits. Oh cut yes. them off, Put them on your marines. Absolutely. Yeah. Would look. Yeah. Pretty cool. Yeah. I'm a fan. Very cool. Um, thank you for taking us to the dessert world of Alkins, uh, Alkentice. The Alkentice. dessert world. <laughs> <laughs> uh, much appreciated. All right. Dylan is uh, the next author of the story. And we'll just get into it here. Run. The words echoed in her head. Her body ached as she slogged through the knee-high snow. Her carapace armor was crusted in blood, most of it not her own. The deep gash in her thigh had all but iced over, yet the pain was still there. Run. Faster, Merith! Sergeant uh, Carsos's voice rang in her ear before he was silenced forever. How much of the blood on her uniform was his? Or Garrison's? Or Horlian's? She had no way of knowing for sure. The beast had come at them quickly, bursting from the ground and systematically tearing her squad apart. Could anyone be alive? Flashes of meter-long talons tearing comms officer Will Wayne nearly in half, then leaping past her to shred into Garson, whose flame would have been incredibly helpful right now, played through her mind. The thought of Garson's blood splashing on her face as the heavy weapon specialist was torn apart nearly caused her to vomit. Cracks of Hellgrind and Laz gunfire ran through the fo- rang out through the forest, quickly followed by the death screams of her comrades. Run! She couldn't stop. The beast chased them, picking them off one by one until she ran alone. Tears streaming down her face froze into her cheeks, her breath raspy in her rebreather. She could hear something following her, staying close but never coming near enough to be seen, toying with her. She was running towards her, towards their asphyxiation? Ex- uh, ex- exfiltration. Exfiltration. Exfiltration? Is that just an extraction point? I guess. That's it's based the op- on the context. Context, Okay. <laughs> She was running through the exfiltration point where the gunship was waiting. You're almost there. The bulky shape of the gunship came to view. The pain in her leg was immense, but she could make it out. Or make out, but she could make out the hard, geometric lines of the massive blue Thunderhawk. Brother Sergeant Antilius would save her. His squad would bring vengeance to the beast that murdered her squad. Her friends... Uh, the cry she let out when seeing the remains of the Emperor's finest sprawled on the ground was one of hopelessness. How could she survive if even Gilliman's sons could not? No. She heard a crunch of snow just behind and turned. The beast stared at, stood staring, tentacle-like protrusions hanging from its face, giant pincer-like talons protruding from the back. The cool ice blue of its skin gave it the perfect camouflage on this Emperor's forsaken planet. Its eyes were those of animal, yet stared in an almost triumphant, mocking way. She drew her last pistol in defiance, only realizing the monster had shown the gun in two in its holster when it tore the leg. (laughs) Nice. That's cool. I failed. She collapsed on her knees, spent all the energy and will to fight. The the beast approached slowly, dragging its claws menacingly through the snow. With an incredibly quick flurry of movement, Corporal Merith von Tassadorn of the Karsakin 32nd Expeditionary Force knew no more. The lictor quickly removed the head of the last of its prey. This one had been stubborn, refusing to die, though it was mortally wounded. No matter, all things when die, all things die when they set foot on this world. They learn how to kill these intruders effectively. 
uh, severed the communication, then destroyed the burning weapons. It was not the first time they tasted Imperial blood. It would not be the last. More would come, yet the blood would adapt, or the brood would adapt. They would, uh, they would f- never find what was buried beneath the planet's surface. Only when the time was perfect would full strength of the hive venture forth and strike, devouring the sector for the hive mind. For now, though, it was time to wait. The humans said more lambs to the slaughter. They always did. No one can outrun the swarm. Cool. That was very cool. That was cool. A lifter. Yeah. It's yeah. actually quite well written, too. Um, yeah, no, that's good. <laughs> yeah. Um, I especially like that the Laz pistol was just, like, in two pieces like she pulls it out from her holster and yeah. it's just like the trigger yeah. it's like, that's because uh, it's already been sliced in half. And like, you swear you see the lictor smile somehow yeah. even though it has like the tentacle mouth you know like yeah yeah i like that it's like yeah i got animalized but it's like <laughs> mocking me like even yeah. if that's just Toying her perception at teasing. the moment yeah. it's yeah. like because we know the lictors are so intelligent it's more than capable of that and yeah, interesting. I like this like little monologue from the Lictor's perspective, basically at the end. Like, yeah. obviously, I don't know if its thoughts would be this cohesive, but like that's cool. Like that, it's protecting the high fleet below, waiting for it to emerge. Like that, they've like, well, we've seen this before. We've dealt with it. We know how to. Like, yeah, we'll just like continue brooding and waiting until the strength increases. We continue to brood. Yes. <laughs> so, like, here's an interesting thought with Lictors. They might be able to read English, like like they they text. can inter yeah like because yeah. they intercept messages all the time. Like, wouldn't it be useful if they could actually read those messages? Like, so it might have actually like a lictor might have a crazy thought process like this because it actually it could speaks high gothic That's from translating cool. years of uh, these messages and these people and stuff. Even so. better, I would like to imagine that perhaps this lictor told them to come to this planet or something. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Sends like false messages yeah. out, intercepts things, yeah. like redirects. Well, there's a Tyranid presence here. Somebody send a small force a small. to check it out. You include small Tyranid presence. <laughs> yeah, small Tyranid presence. A potential Tyranid presence. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's the word. <laughs> that's, that was really cool. I liked it a yeah, lot, actually. actually. Um... Yeah, there's I'm not I don't know, it's cool. Good action. That's <laughs> good. Yeah, it was written really well too. Uh any any other final thoughts about this one? I like all the Tyranid action today. It yeah. Makes me happy. Yeah. What a perfect episode for you to be on then. I know, is this intentional or no, people luck just, of the draw? Man. Do people like Tyranids? <laughs> <laughs> do you find a lot of Tyranids being the bad guys in these listener lords? Yeah. It's a good villain. It's a great villain. Right? It's Easy the perfect villain. villain. You don't have to worry about killing millions of them, you know? Yeah. It's mm. fine. It's fine. It's, yeah. fine. it's good horror. Yeah. Uh, I just recently watched uh, Color Out of Space. What is that? It's a Nicolas Cage movie. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but it's um, it's written by H.P. Lovecraft, really like Lovecraftian cosmic horror type thing. Um, but it definitely, like... The Tyranids, I'm way more interested in the, the cosmic horror aspect of them as, as like, that's their role in 40K. Mm. Like, uh, everything else doesn't, it kind of just seems a little more rooted in believability. Yeah, you like, know? even, even like, the, the Chaos Gods are kind of, like, kind of, kind of... Well, we're like a religious, spiritual yeah, people. Like it totally makes that. sense to us. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 
you can identify to some aspects of it even absolutely they have desires yeah. and needs and wants you can like yeah you can relate to it yeah so it's not, it's not because really they're the also all powered by like human emotions yeah, yeah. So there's an aspect of us in them there's an aspect of them in us but tyranids as something that is extra galactic so unknown perfectly so alien. alien yeah yeah like you can't even begin to understand how they work or why they work or what they're doing i really i've i've been enjoying thinking about them in that manner as cosmic horror and as some people probably don't like that there's not a lot of information on <laughs> tyranids i like the fact that they are super vague on how things work yeah and, yeah because there's infinite possibilities that like you can all kind of make them make sense, which is cool too. Yeah, it's, it's like yeah, each Tyranid story can, can be happen. just as alien and different from the next Tyranid yeah. story. So, yeah. uh, Color Out of Space definitely worth watching. It's great, Nicolas Cage. He's a normal person for the most part, and then he gets his like weird cage rage, of course, <laughs> um, going on. Yeah, it's an odd one. <laughs> okay, yeah, added to the list. Interesting. Uh, this Lichter story could have been like the page in a codex for Lichter. Like, Absolutely, yeah, yeah. yeah. To me, like it was perfect. Like that's a little pull out from it. Yeah. That's like describing what the Lichter does. And yeah, yeah, that's exactly like that. That's a Lichter right there. That was really cool. Yeah, Lichter. <laughs> I barely know. I her. hardly know her. <laughs> <laughs> Said the Lichter in the court martial of Corporal Merith von Tarsadin. <laughs> sexual assault <laughs> violation she's claiming you touched her leg lichter <laughs> i would never i wouldn't i would never um yeah, yeah i liked it yeah sweet i like that um so there's one line in here she heard the crunch of snow close behind and turned it made that sound on purpose yeah hundred <laughs> percent just yeah. like and disappeared yeah. yeah, like it's it's making that sound so you look and turn. It probably so like it can crunched. menace over you. Yeah, <laughs> it crunched and then like lifted itself up, did oh. a muscle up with its talons, and it's like <laughs> hanging from the trees, just staring at her from above or something. Oh I like the God. the meter long talons. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> totally. Yeah. Well, yeah, and even when you look at the Lichter model, like it's it is pretty fucking spooky. Like <laughs> spooky, <laughs> scary. It's a, it's a good horror yeah, model. Like it's very alien looking has these big spindly that probably are about a meter long talons oh yes yeah yeah very neat come from behind it very cool you were right mark these stories were for the most part pretty good yeah yeah i had a feeling about it it was a good feeling it was accurate yeah like i said you don't see a lot of the red and the blue and you get some really goofy ones Oh yes, <laughs> yeah. Okay. I'm surprised though that we haven't gotten like a truly goofy one where somebody just is fucking. Because I don't pre pre read any I, of these. Okay, one of them comes to mind. Okay, it was the Trump one. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, I remember that. <laughs> one. Where there someone one, made yeah. this like crazy story about uh, Trump emperor, being the emperor. emperor. Trump, yeah, yeah. Like to gotcha. me, that one was a complete troll. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's, it's satirical. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I was <laughs> inwardly groaning the whole time. If that's <laughs> yeah. satire, but yeah, there are there are some ones that we've had. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> Just the negative stays, you know. So now um, we have to write a story that's like using a Demacron instead, and like a, a larger caliber, or like Grey Knights or something, like a big, you know, big badass who's still terrified of the Tyranids, who's got a mouth chest. 
that yeah. will eat you. Well, the macaron's just like a massive lictor. It look, kind of looks like it, at least. That's cool. Well, uh, anything else before we... That's 40k, bitch. <laughs> That's 40k, bitch. You dead. <laughs> so you guys are ending the episode. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> That's 40k, bitch. <laughs> Uh, yeah, welcome. Thanks for joining us on our Listen All Our episode. Thank you to uh, Time, Isaac, and Dylan mm-hmm. for sharing your stories. If you guys have them, send them in. We'd send love in. to read them. Lorehammerpodcast at gmail.com. I'm going to uh, write one. Please do. Show us your creativity. Let it flow through your fingertips. Okay. <laughs> get some channel, channel some energy here. Like, get the crystals all around you. I'm going to write about Dessert Fury. <laughs> dessert <laughs> Part Fury. Part two. <laughs> The melting of ice cream no. in the hot sun. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Millions uh, of dollars. See whose ice cream lost. cone melts the last, and then you're inducted into the Astartes. <laughs> um, yeah, well, that's it. Thank you, Ian, for joining us. No problem. My pleasure. Always great to have you on. Next episode, Yunari, coming at you hot. Maybe High Hammer. Hard to say. I don't know where that's at either, but we got some stuff. It's High Hammer. I just I don't want people to think it's not coming out because it's it's, it's ready. It's been recorded. It's, ready, it's to ready to go. go. Yeah, yeah. We're just making it's sure all the legal paperwork is in That's order. Right. All the pra- yeah. It's we're a- just we're just uh, muting. What's it called? Bleeping out all the bad things. Uh, yeah. So the episode is actually turning into one long bleep <laughs> oh, at this point. So uh, prepare yourself. What was the topic? Warhammer and, and yeah. oh, okay, it was just like let's smoke and then see what happens. <laughs> yeah. We had, we, yeah. we played some mini games. It was fun. We, that sounds uh, good. We read about some drugs in 40k that were yeah. oh uh, cool. Yeah, went on some tangents. <laughs> some tang- I'm sure. <laughs> sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, great. Cool. Thanks well, for joining us, everyone. Sayonara. That's Warhammer, bitches. <laughs> <laughs>